This is Israel Rebound. Thank you for listening. This is a podcast joining listeners in Nebraska to Israel, exploring the ties that bind us through culture, identity, and current events. I'm Alan Potash in Omaha, and I'm joined with my co-host from Israel, Liz Feldstern. Liz, you're still in Jerusalem, aren't you? I sure am, yes. How are you, Alan? I'm good, good, Liz. I, I think that last week I asked for us to talk about some current events issues that aren't, aren't normal or typical, since we usually talk about uh, current events coming out of the government. But I saw three interesting stories this week that I just wanted to get your thoughts on. One had to do with the Miss Universe competition that's taking place in Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a lot. In a lot, which is a perfect place to have a, uh, a beauty contest, especially if they wear swimsuits. Mm-hmm. And um, I read an interesting article in the Times of Israel about um, a blood drive for both humans and dogs, which really caught my surprise since I have my dog, Brucey, right behind me. Never thought that dogs needed uh, a blood supply, so we should talk about that. And then um, something about a soup festival. Okay, yes, we can talk about all of these random bits of Israeli news of the week, sure. I really think that that's kind of the beauty of of this opportunity that we have together once a week, is to just kind of pull things out of of the the world of of Israel and just talk about them. So which one would you like to talk about first? I, I like your order. We can start with the Miss Universe pageant. I am, you know, you mentioned the swimsuits. And I, apparently, I guess there, there was some discussion from the Israeli organizers as to whether the swimsuits were in fact necessary, or could they swap out this segment with some other type of like sportswear or something like that. Uh, and it did not go over. That This did not happen. And it was decided that they would keep with the swimwear portion as usual. Um, And I mean, for me, I think it's kind of a funny thing to bring up, right? Like the whole idea of Miss Universe, even when you add in questions about how they're going to save the world or, you know, and you add in a talent competition, I think it would be really hard to make a case that it isn't a beauty pageant. It's a beauty pageant, right? It is about the aesthetics of these women um, who, granted, I, I believe, are all there of their own choosing and they are adults and they have, you know, the right to make that decision. But it's clearly about selecting the most beautiful and and therefore it is about objectifying the participants without, and I'm, I'm not trying to use that word in a judgmental way, right? whether it is or is not acceptable to objectify women who have chosen to put themselves in that position, I'm not going to take take that one on. But to sort of say that taking out the bathing suit piece would make it less what it is, to my mind, it's kind of silly. So, so first of all, I'm a little surprised that um, Israel would host a beauty pageant or a Miss Universe mm-hmm. pageant. What kind of attention is it getting in Israel? So I don't think it got an awful lot of attention. Um, 
I mean, look, like hosting any sort of big events, it obviously comes with a certain amount of a tourist income and it's, you know, financially uh, probably a good thing for Israel to host it. The really the only thing that I saw that made much news in Israel was that uh, Neta Barzilai, who's an Israeli singer, she a couple years ago, I don't know if she won, but she was in the Eurovision for sure. Maybe she won. I don't remember. Um, she was invited to sing at the Miss Universe competition and she declined to do so. She did not think that this was an okay um, kind of event to have. But, you know, Israel, we'll take it. You want to host it here? Sure. Uh, I, I'm a little surprised that they would host uh, this type of event now during uh, the coronavirus and all the difficulties of people traveling. But my understanding is, is that the contestants all made it into Israel okay. Um, any any news on that? I am... Um... Yeah, I mean, they brought in this special venue. I think they imported it um, that's built to hold like 5,000 people. Um, And plans are, you know, to go forward. Um, Yeah, we'll see. Well, okay, good luck to the contestants. And their bathing suits. And (laughs) their bathing suits. We'll have to follow up on that next week. Um, my other topic that I, I brought up that I found really interesting was the story that I read uh, in the Times of Israel about the um, need for blood donors in Israel. I believe everybody needs to um, donate blood in order to keep the blood supply going. And even in um, the United States this weekend, there were some major t- tornadoes in the, the South and in the Midwest, and number numbers of people were uh, injured and killed. And there was a call out by the governor of Kentucky for people to donate blood. So donating blood is something that people can do uh, pretty readily, depending on the need for blood in your area. But I found it interesting in the article that one way to get people to donate blood was to bring your dog with you and to have your dog also donate blood at the same time. And, you know, building two blood banks, a canine blood bank and a human blood bank. Do you see that story? What did you think of that? Yeah, I think this is so fascinating. I had no idea that there was such a thing as a canine blood bank. And it's the kind of thing that even reading in the paper, I'm still not sure that I really believe that there's such a thing. I feel like some journalist is pulling all of our legs. This does not seem like a normal thing to exist, but I guess it does. I am... Look, I think if it motivates people to donate blood, that's great. I kind of wish people would be motivated to donate blood for other human beings and not more so because they want to save dogs, but I guess to each his own. And um, yeah, if there are people that want to come out and donate because they know their dog can do it too. That's cool. I'm fascinated to know, like, how does this work though? Like, do the dogs consent? How much blood do they take from a dog? Like it can't be the same as people, right? People no, no. they basically take the same amount from everybody, regardless of your size. But dogs, 
I mean, they vary so widely. I hope the poor little Chihuahua is not given the same amount as the Doberman. I mean, <laughs> I think that <laughs> would be kind have of a, to give them a lot of cookies at the end. It would definitely be uh, a stretch to take the same amount. I'm sure there's some formula based on body weight of the animal and the breed of the animal, depending mm-hmm. on what it is. But I'm just intrigued by, first of all, I've known in, that in Israel for a long time, that if you were going to have surgery or a family member was going to have surgery, that it was recommended that you build up your own blood supply mm-hmm. just in case there's need for blood. Um, and in the States, you know, you don't really need to, um, build up your own blood supply before you go in for surgery, because we have a process for that. But I do know that there's a new uh, building that Magan Davida Dome is building, which is a national center for blood supply. And I think this is just another way of, of bringing awareness to uh, people that donating blood is important for everybody's survival. And dogs and cats also need blood supply when they have surgery or they have a health issue and they need a transfusion. So I think this is a really good educational awareness campaign. Come donate blood, bring your dog, comfort you. You comfort the dog, you both give blood, you help out somebody and you help out a dog. Yeah, you're going to have to find out whether this exists stateside. I don't know if you guys can also bring your pets to donate blood with you. I'm going to look that up and I'm I'm going to say something that you probably don't want your kids to, to hear, but it's a great way to do a mitzvah have your kids bring their dog in for a blood donation, but you don't have a dog. So no. And don't let my kids hear you say that it's a possibility because <laughs> it's not. Yeah, but they could, they could <laughs> perform a mitzvah. Their disappointment. Yeah. Um, no. What did you say for the bar mitzvah? Not even for the bar mitzvah. No, no. To, to be, to, oh, to, perform, do a to perform a mitzvah, you know, giving mm-hmm. blood, giving blood is a mitzvah. So bringing your dog with you. Is a double mitzvah. I'm doing a different mitzvah this week. I uh, got a an av- not an advertisement, but a a WhatsApp. I don't know how popular WhatsApp is in the states, but here basically everything is what nothing. There is no other way of communicating anymore in Israel. Everything's on WhatsApp. But I got a communication about um, the synagogue that we go to and one other synagogue joining together for this week to donate all of the Shabbat meals for an apartment building, which is just down the street for me. I mean, it's literally on the same street. It's like four or five houses down that houses lone soldiers, right? Uh, Soldiers that are serving in the Israeli army and don't have family, either because they immigrated to Israel in order to serve or they don't have parents or they're Uh, separated from their parents or whatever. And so every weekend, there's some group of volunteers brings food. And I've heard about people doing this before, but I had never seen the list of what they ask you to bring. Man, these guys must be very hungry. I don't know. I saw the list of how much food they want. I think there must be 400 of them living there. I was at (laughs) three full trays of rice which is one of like 47 things on the list of foods for this weekend. So I'll bring my three trays of rice and I'll drop them off on Friday, but I'll be very curious to see how many guys live there because I'm going through an awful lot of food by the looks of this sign-up list. Well, what other items are on the list? 
It's got all kinds of stuff. They have uh, vegetables and cookles and meat and dessert and green salads and spread salads and challah rolls and challah loaves and other starches. And I mean, it is a very extensive list. Um, How did you decide to do rice? Well, there were some things that were already taken and there were some things that I know I don't make well. And <laughs> that I thought, well, it's going to take me too long. So I went, landed up on rice, which is funny because I'm actually not very good at making rice, but I will, I will do my very best. Uh, good luck with uh, your rice make making. Three tables of rice. So, you know, they have, uh, you know, rice makers now that foolproof your rice making. There are rice makers. I don't have a rice maker. I'm <laughs> It's not going to help me. Well, good luck with your rice making. Since we're talking about food, um, you mentioned earlier about a, a soup festival that's going on that goes on every year. Um, yes. Now that we've officially hit what passes for winter in Jerusalem, the Inbal Hotel, which some people may remember from its days of being the La Rome, which it was for many, many years before it became the Inbal. I think it was also a famous hotel for uh, shidduch dates, right? Dates where people had been set up by a matchmaker. This was like the classic hotel lobby where those dates would take place. Wasn't did it you another, want to say something? No, I, I just, I know it's it's funny you should say that because I did stay, uh, I have stayed at the Inbal um, on several occasions. And one time I was sitting in the bar with a colleague of mine and he was just mesmerized at all these young um, men and women sitting at the table. The women were drinking water and the men were drinking Cokes. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, what's going on here? And I said, these are, you call them shidduch dates. I was knew them as uh, tefillin dates. Um, whether or not you would bring your tefillin or not, that's another story. Yeah, no, but, that is not the same thing. That is a whole different level of dating. <laughs> I do not think these were tefillin No, no, but, the, but, the, but, they, involved, but okay. it was, but these were, these were dates where first time meeting with somebody and um what this individual pointed out to me he says but there's always i noticed that you know here's this couple over here and two tables over there's a woman sitting by herself and i said that's the chaperone mm-hmm. she's keeping an See, eye they can't be filling days they have a chaperone <laughs> alan get your mind out of the jewish gutter come on <laughs> no that I, okay so i'm gonna have to scratch that from our <laughs> i guess but that's, that's a different phenomena that uh but the idea is is that the the five star hotels you can go to the king david you can go to the city you can go to most of the hotels and you'll see this um phenomenon yes yeah yeah um and the and the inval is one of those hotels that's known for this kind of clientele i am and in addition they also host every winter for the past several years the soup festival where they have What's basically like a, I mean, it's sort of like a buffet, I guess, luncheon that you can go in and you pay a set fee and they have each day hmm, six or eight different kinds of soup and with all kinds of breads and spreads and crackers and things that go with them, but mostly soup. And you can taste them all. You can go up as many times as you want. You know, it's sort of a 
I guess it's an all-you-can-eat buffet, but that makes it sound very unelegant, and it is very elegant. Um, and and it's a fun thing to do, and uh, especially in the winter weather. So I just heard that it has opened officially for this year. So I hope to make my way there sometime soon, and I will report back on the many kinds of soup that are had. So is there a favorite soup that you've had in the past that you look forward to during these uh, festivals? I am, you know, I like soup in general. I'm a pretty big fan of soup. Um, in fact, I once overheard someone talking about pulling a Feldstern, <laughs> which turned out meant asking for seconds of soup. Uh, so we are known for liking soup in this family, even when you know there are other courses coming. We will often have two bowls of soup. Maybe other people don't do that, but we do. Um, there are a lot of great soups. There's another, next time you're here, I don't know if it was here the last time you were in Israel, but there's another chain of soup restaurants that's opened up in, just in downtown Jerusalem. I think there's three of them alone. These small little hole-in-the-wall soup sort of to-go restaurants that have, um, I don't know, 10, 12, maybe even more types of soup on in these big huge cauldrons at any time and you know you just go up and you order what you want and they give it to you in a cardboard container to go so those are those are also very busy these days i stopped at one the other day and uh, there was quite a long line to get my soup and that was a very yummy soup i had a vegetarian kube soup oh really uh, mm -hmm. they have like six different kinds of kube most of which are are meat, but then they have this one vegetarian kube. So that's what I had. And so it was it, very yummy. Is it vegetarian because they use the meat substitute or? I am, yes, there was something inside the kube itself that looked like meat. So it must have been some kind of meat substitute. You know, the outside is made with semolina flour, right. sort of a dumpling. And the inside, uh, it typically has brown beef in it so this one i guess had some kind of substitute and then the soups around it changed there's a yellow one there's a red one there's beet more there's more sour one this place has a pumpkin one um well so sounds, that was a yummy soup sounds delicious well report back on the the soup festival and what your takeaway and favorites are and I, I will know. and I will report back on whether or not there is a canine blood donation center. Um, I'm sure there is a need for for blood supplies for animals. Um, but I think it's I think that's a very interesting in, uh, issue, and I'm glad there's awareness around it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if both exist and both have a need, I think the idea of marketing them together is very, very smart. Good. Anything mm -hmm. else to, to discuss today? I am. Um, gosh, I mean, once you've talked about Miss Universe and canine blood drives and soup festivals, is there really anything else to say? I mean, we've basically covered it all. Well, we could talk about Iran. We could talk about the current happenings with the Knesset. But, you know, why should we get into anything like that? Right. 
I, I am intrigued by the food donation you're going to leave for the lone soldiers. Maybe that's a topic we could talk about at some point. What is a lone soldier and what's that like? I, I know several from Omaha that have been lone soldiers in our uh, federation allocation process. We do make specific gifts to lone soldiers in our partnership community in the Western Galilee. So I know it's a it's a population that needs support from uh, inside Israel and from outside of Israel. Yeah, and my guess would be, having not looked into it specifically, that it's also a growing population because they just announced the immigration numbers for, for all of this year, and they're they're quite high. They're higher than they have been for the past couple of years. And but they're also heavily concentrated on young people. Um, the the vast majority of the of these new olim of these new immigrants are under the age of thirty five. Um, and so I'm sure quite a good percentage of them are in fact young people planning to to enter the army. So so. Maybe I'll figure out how to make rice and then I'll have to make more of it for more soldiers. Find out if there are 400 guys, 400 lone soldiers living in that one small apartment. That'll be even more interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to say, how many of you are there in here? Well, Liz, thank you again for your time today. And thank you, every, thank you everybody for listening to Israel Rebound. It's a podcast bringing stories from Israel to Nebraska. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Liz. Have a good evening.